Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Founded in 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the greater Boston area and beyond. We are located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets, across from the Public Garden in Boston, Massachusetts. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. Last Sunday, I experienced my first Arlington Street Church wedding. After months of planning and years of love, our very own Liz Texiera and Don Bellamo got married right here in this sanctuary in the company of their family and friends and their Arlington Street Church family as well. It was amazing. From the moment their dog Puffin came down the aisle in her wedding gown, I had a smile on my face and tears in my eyes. Liz and Don looked pretty great too. It was such an honor to be here. I was so happy to be here. And I know I wasn't the only one. While making my way through the reception in the parish hall trying to figure out which cupcake I wanted to choose or which table of friends I was going to join, I heard folks saying the same phrase over and over again. Can we do this again next week? (laughs) I wish. Although we can't have a wedding every Sunday, we can celebrate joy. We can celebrate love. We can celebrate delight. A few weeks ago, the popular radio show and podcast, This American Life, decided that in the midst of the impeachment hearings and the coronavirus and the Iowa caucuses, all the mad stuff that was going on in our country and abroad, the most radical and countercultural thing that they could do was to have an entire hour-long episode focused on delight. Ira Glass, who has hosted the show since it began in 1995, passed the mic to his coworker, British journalist Bim Adwumni, to lead the conversation on the importance of delight. And Bim, in turn, introduced listeners to the poet Ross Gay. For one year, Ross Gay wrote by hand a short reflection of something that he experienced that was truly delightful. Not unlike the practice of keeping a gratitude journal, he had a delight journal. And through this practice, Ross noticed that while it is easy to find delight when you're looking for it, it's even easier to avoid, ignore, and forget the small moments of delight in our lives if we don't write them down or commit them to our memory. Delight needs us to seek it out, to pay attention, and to remember its impact. In his conversation with Bim, Ross says, delight and curiosity are really tied up. You have to be okay with not knowing things. You have to be actually invested and happy about not knowing things. Ross published his delight journal last year and called it the book of delight. Here's one of my favorite reflections from Ross's book. What you don't know until you carry a tomato seedling through the airport and onto a plane is that carrying a tomato seedling through the airport and onto a plane will make people smile at you, almost like you're carrying a baby, a very quiet baby. (laughs) 
I did not know this until today, carrying my little tomato about three or four inches high in its four-inch plastic starter pot, which my friend Michael gave to me, smirking about how I was going to get it home. Something about this felt a little naughty, not comparing the tomato to a baby, but carrying a tomato onto a plane. And so I slid the thing into my bag and I was trying to go through security, which, you know, was a little bit strange, a little bit odd. And when the security guy saw it was a tomato in my bag, he smiled and said, I don't know how to check that. Have a good day. I realized one of its stems, which I almost wrote as arms, was broken from the jostling, and it only had four of them. So I decided I'd better just carry it out in the open. And the shower of love began. Before boarding the final leg of my flight, one of the workers said, nice tomato, which I don't think was a come on. And the flight attendant asked about the tomato at least five times, not an exaggeration, every time calling it my tomato. Where's my tomato? How's my tomato? You didn't lose my tomato, did you? She even directed me to an open, an open seat in the exit row. Why don't you guys go sit there and stretch out? <laughs> I gathered my things and I set the little guy in the window seat so he could look out. When I got my water, I poured a little water into the little guy's soil. When we got bumpy, I put my hand on the little guy's container, careful not to, slap, to snap another arm off. And when we landed and the pilot put the brakes on hard, my arm reflexively went out across the seat, holding the little guy in place, the way my dad's arm would when we were in the car and he hit the brakes hard. One of my favorite gestures in the encyclopedia of human gestures. In order to feel delight, you have to be okay with not knowing things. Much of Ross's delight in traveling with the tomato was seeing the answer to the question, what is it like to bring a tomato on an airplane, unfold over and over again with each new interaction. Delight is the cousin of mystery and wonder. We have to accept that there are things we don't know and celebrate that unknowing to feel delight's full capacity for joy. Many of Ross's reflections on delight take place in airports and on airplanes. He finds delight in commuting, an experience rarely celebrated as delightful. But I can relate, for me, most of my moments of delight happen in elevators. I have never counted how many times I ride an elevator in one day, but I would say that on a low day, it's five, and on a high day, it's over 12, over a dozen. Working in a city hospital that's built high into the sky, 23 floors in our tallest building, an elevator is a necessity. Here are just a few delightful moments I experienced this past week on elevators. I get on the elevator, there's already many buttons pressed. At the next floor, another woman gets on the elevator. She looks at all the lit up buttons and says, wow, that looks just like a Christmas tree. I wait for the elevator with a couple that's bringing home their new baby. Tied to the mother's wheelchair are two of the biggest balloons I have ever seen in my life. When our elevator arrives, I hold the door for them and we all cram in trying to get the balloons to fit in the elevator. 
And every time the door opens after that, as we make our way down, I get to see how happy people are when first they see the biggest balloons they've ever seen, and then they see a brand new baby. When I get to my floor, I wish them well, and I walk away smiling, wondering what their first night at home as a family is going to be like. I get on the elevator and I notice that a young man named John, who I met earlier in the day, is already inside. We talk about John's brother who has just gone to surgery and how amazing it is that such an important surgery can happen in just one hour. We arrive at our destination and as John and I step off the elevator, another man I know, also named John, steps onto the elevator. I say, see you later, John. And they both say, see you later and realize that they have the same name. We laugh and I wonder if they'll ever run into each other again. I hope they do. Every time the elevator doors open, I wonder who might be inside. Is it empty? Is it full? Will I have to decide if I want to cram in or wait for the next elevator? Will the doors open to reveal a friend or a friend to be made? Will it smell like cigarette smoke or french fries or fresh cut flowers? Each ride is a mystery. Each ride has a potential for delight. Ross Gay has another theory about delight. It grows when it's shared. I think about his story about the tomato plant on the airplane, which he published in his book, so it's been read by anyone who bought his book, but also he shared this story on This American Life, which has an average of 2.2 million listeners each week. And I can't help but feel delighted when I think about 2.2 million people hearing that story and smiling and wanting to share it with someone else. Delight grows when it is shared. Recently, I was meeting with a group of minister colleagues and I asked them to share something delightful from their week. It was easy and fun and afterward I realized that I now knew about all these little moments in their days that otherwise I would have had no idea about. One friend shared her delight in finding an article in the Harvard archives about students in 1903 who liked to escape from class by stepping through the window and going down the fire escape whenever their professor turned their back to the class to write on the blackboard. And there's actually a photograph from the outside of the building of all these students climbing down the fire escape. Another shared the story of eating an apple that was so thin it was almost translucent. And my third friend shared the delight of standing next to a beautiful tall tree. Delight invites us to be curious about our lives and the lives of others. I have a theory about spiritual practice that won't be surprising to many of you if you heard my sermon a couple weeks ago. I believe that when done with intention and integrity, spiritual practice has the ability to transform ourselves, our relationships, and our world. The spiritual practice of delight begins with being curious, enough to notice it in our own lives. It expands when we celebrate our delight by sharing it with others and asking them to share their delight with us. And it inspires us to serve what is delightful in life. Our relationship with delight can be reciprocal. We can nurture all that delights us in the same way that we are nurtured by delight. I think about how I'm delighted by the newborn baby with the enormous balloons that I met in the elevator this week. 
And I can serve that delight by supporting policies, initiatives, and movements that I believe will help that child and every child have a delightful future. I think about my friend's delight standing next to that beautiful, tall tree. And I can serve that delight by respecting the natural world and doing my part as much as I can to reduce the harm that I will cause the earth in my lifetime. And I remember the delight that we all felt last Sunday at Liz and Dawn's wedding. I wanna serve love in my life. I wanna remember that it was less than five years ago when the Supreme Court declared that same-sex marriage was legal in all 50 states. And while it is legal, there are still barriers and walls and proposed walls that threaten to keep people apart from the ones that they love. I wanna live my life in a way that serves love. Now, don't get me wrong, some of the things that we have to do to serve delight are not delightful. But then again, if we can find delight in busy airports and crowded elevators, I'm hopeful we can also find delight in democracy, sustainability, and social justice. It might be the most radical and revolutionary thing we could do to bring delight into the work and struggle of our lives. I leave you with the words of poet Mary Oliver, who evangelized delight all of her life. This is her poem, Mindful. Every day I see or hear something that more or less kills me with delight, that leaves me like a needle in the haystack of light. It was what I was born for, to look, to listen, to lose myself inside this soft world, to instruct myself over and over in joy and acclamation. Nor am I talking about the exceptional, the fearful, the dreadful, the very extravagant, but the ordinary, the common, the very drab, the daily presentations. Oh, good scholar, I say to myself, how can you help but grow wise with such teachings as these? The untrimmable light of the world, the ocean shine, the prayers that are made out of grass. My spiritual companions, find what delights you, share it, and live for it. May it be so. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear from you via email at office at ASCBoston.org or through our Facebook page. If you would like to support the good work of Arlington Street Church, please consider a contribution by checking the mail or through our website, ASCBoston.org.